of the Coast Salish peoples, Katsi, Kwantlen, Matsqui, and Samiamu First Nations here in BC, Canada. Welcome to episode one of our podcast. We're super excited to be here and looking forward to sharing all the things that we know about mental health, neuroscience, and horse training. So do you want to go ahead and, and maybe introduce yourself and let listeners know who you are? Thanks, Meg. My name is Christina Stevenson. Currently, I am a horse coach and trainer working out of Langley, BC, Canada. I have worked extensively with children in my youth, and then I moved into competition, into the hunter-jumper and dressage fields. And then I began focusing on adult amateur novices, and I found to be that the most fulfilling part of my job. They have so much to offer in their relationship quality, and they really value their horses. Not saying that everybody else doesn't, but these horses offer them a whole different part of their life. And I really enjoyed giving them safety, security, education, comfort, guidance, all of that that goes into my time that I get to spend with them. How long have you been practicing? In my professional practice, like as, as a counselor? Yeah. Um, yeah, so, geez, a long time now. Been about 20 years or more. So I have a, a couple of things. So I, I have my uh, private practice therapy uh, that I do. I've got my research, and then I also teach. Uh, and so I teach at uh, a university uh, where people are studying to become uh, counselors. Um, so that's the other thing I do. I, have, I wear multiple hats. How do horses in your counseling practice intersect? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. Um, so right now my counseling practice is about 50% roughly uh, equestrians. And I see riders for a variety of issues, including things like riding fear and horse show anxiety or just general anxiety, um, you know, things like depression or trauma after accidents, um, grief when, you know, horses need to um, be sold or euthanized, stuff like that. And I mean, really, equestrians are like everybody else on the planet, right? They have, they have stress <laughs> and it's not always about um, the horses. Often it is, but <laughs> not always. Um, I'm also um, a researcher uh, and I am currently involved in doing a study looking at uh, resilience and trauma in equestrians. And I'm collaborating with uh, the Fear and Anxiety Lab at Vancouver Island University, which is um, pretty exciting for me. I've never done a collaborative study before, so I'm very much looking forward to that. Uh, we're hoping to sort of shed some light on, um, you know, what happens to riders after they have accidents and what, what are the factors that either lead to them having um, you know, symptoms of trauma and fear, or what are the factors that allow them to be resilient and to sort of bounce back after accidents. So hopefully this research will, you know, shed some light on that and we'll be able to sort of help riders and coaches better with um, riding accidents in the future. So that's exciting. You've been doing the therapy uh, for nearly as long as I've been teaching. I became certified in 1995 
And I've been teaching now for almost 30 years. And uh, it's interesting that you've been doing one aspect of it while I've been doing a whole other aspect of it. And combined, we'll have some very interesting perspectives on it all where some will agree and some will have to learn from each other. Yeah. We, well, together we've got 50 years of experience in the, in the subject matter, right? Oh, that's a lot of good days and bad days in there. Yeah. Uh, I'm really looking forward to diving deep into some of our upcoming topics. I've been collecting a list for over at least the last year I've been working with riders. And many of the topics that I've chosen are things that I say or teach in counseling sessions over and over again. We already have a list of over 30 different mental health and neuroscience topics to talk about. I don't think I've ever asked you, how did you get into horses, Christina? My parents have a small farm out in the countryside and they wanted to get a little horse when I was very young. And I fell in love with this pony and she ended up being mine for a few years. I didn't realize the importance that horses would have in my life until the day that she sold and I was saying silent little prayers that she wouldn't get on the trailer to go. I didn't realize how much I loved her until I actually lost her. And I knew horses would always be a part of my life after that. Did you always know you wanted to coach and train or how did that, how did that all start? I always enjoyed my time in my riding lessons and it was very obvious which style of, uh, of trainers and teachers that I really connected with and learned the most from. And as I worked into my teens and started being employed, uh, it fell into my lap that I was able to get a teaching job with one of the local school strings who was run by a very well-known, popular, and uh, esteemed trainer for that. And so I began teaching her school string under her care and attention, and I loved it. It was my everything. After school, it was my spare time, and I spent a lot of time in the barn making friends of all ages, and I realized how fulfilling a, a role this could be. Yeah, it sounds like you were sort of the quintessential barn rat from the 80s. Really, really was. <laughs> I was a bit like that too, only I started much older. How did you get into horses? Uh, well, that's kind of an interesting story. So my my career as a therapist and my career as a horse person actually sort of started at the same time. So I was about 18 and I had graduated early from high school and started immediately um, at university, which I hated, by the way. <laughs> I, I do not like school, but I love learning. But so I went to university, I was very unhappy. Um, and I think I was probably clinically depressed at the time. Um, but just didn't really realize it. And I took a semester off and decided I, I needed to do something completely different and sort of help myself out of the funk that I was in. And I, I actually signed up for adult education, horseback riding lessons <laughs> through the city of Vancouver. And I went out to a barn at, in Richmond and I, I took a, you know, my very first grooming lesson. And that was it. I was absolutely hooked. Uh, and I, then I proceeded for the next couple of years, I think, to, to take lessons. Um, and I bought my first horse, whose name was Duck, of all things. <laughs> and um, yeah, I just, I was a barn rat from 18 to about 20. I was there like eight hours a day. And that's how it all began. It's funny how we think barn rats are always going to be little kids, but in essence, 
it doesn't really matter how old you are. We can all be barn rats if given the opportunity at any age. Oh, yeah. I know some 50-year-old barn rats. Many ladies uh, and gentlemen as well yeah. will like to spend all of their spare time in the barn. It's where we feel at home. It's uh, where we feel often feel the most fulfilled. Yeah. It's from, for many riders, at least, um, you know, everyone that I've spoken to, I think that the barn is their mental health. And I think a big part of that is also making sure that our barn is a place that we want to be at. We've also, most of us have felt at one point where it suddenly isn't the right situation for us. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I think that um, I should go back and clarify what I said. Yes, the barn is people's mental health spot, but I think it also can be um, you know, really detrimental for mental health in some cases. And so many of our topics are going to cover all of the different times and situations that all of these stressors can play effect in our lives. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm really excited to be able to dig into some of these topics. Have you, had a, have you looked at the list that we created? It's quite extensive. Yeah. Or is there anything on there that you're super excited to, to talk about? Uh, there really is quite a bit. Uh, I notice that every day when I'm out in the fields working with my lessons and that, uh, I always find out something that I'm like, oh, I should share this with the listeners and see what, what their, uh, experiences are as well. There's so many aspects of fear, uh, with the relationship between coaches, the traumatic things that come with owning a horse, uh, the beginning and ending of relationships. Yes. Uh, yeah, I think that, you know, relationships are huge in this industry um, and, and not having good relationships with coaches, trainers, riders, uh, people at the barn, you know, that that's something that I see over and over again with riders and mental health issues, for sure. I find in the times of, of hardship with the challenges emotionally that come along, so many people want to help each other but they don't know the right things to say. Maybe we can discuss some of the some of the language that is helpful and some of the language that maybe isn't as helpful as we want it to be. Yeah, we could do a whole topic on how to help a friend. One of the things that is on the list that I want to ask you about, if you're okay with, is uh, all about fear. So have you ever been afraid as a trainer? I've been afraid in several situations growing up through the horses. I did a lot on my own and... One of the one of the things that really got to me the most was having to do cross country out in the big field. And I had a very large, bratty horse, and he turfed me quite often out in the field, very intentionally. And it made me actually really afraid to go down to jumps. But it was something that I felt pressured to do, and it was part of the program that we were all in. And I had to find a way through some of that. And as a, as a kid, I didn't really feel like I had a voice to say no to doing that, mm -hmm. those elements. And it put me in physical risk because I was afraid and I was doing it. I really wasn't doing it even the best that I could have yeah. if I wasn't in that position of such fear. But rather than going back and either putting me on a safe horse or, you know, all of the different ways that we can work around these things, I was just kind of shoved into that category. And it wasn't a great place for me. Yeah. And I don't think, even think that has anything to do with being a kid. I see a lot of adults that can't say to their coach or their trainer, hey, you know what, I'm not comfortable with this. I don't think that it's necessarily, um, you know, just a kid thing. So when you're afraid, how does that affect your, your training or your ability to 
Mm, well, for me as a working professional, any time that I would say have a bad accident and then I had to get back in the saddle again, I would definitely feel my breath shortening. I would feel my muscles clenching and I would feel my mind racing back through all the things of why I shouldn't be there, which are really protection. Mm -hmm. Things that your body's doing saying danger, danger, danger. But because it was my job, I knew that I had to find a way through it. Uh, I wasn't going to quit. I would lose my whole identity if I quit being the horse person. So I did find a way through it. And then because I was able to compound positive experiences for the most part after, I, the thing that caused my fear, it started moving further and further away from me. And so I could, I could let it go. But it was really the necessity of keep pushing through that forced me to carry on. Yeah. It, it must be so hard when your livelihood depends on you doing the thing that you're afraid of. Yeah. And there's there's quite a few big riders out there that are doing very, very challenging things that we find out you later on because they mask it so well when they're out there doing these things. We'll find out through clinical practices and and deep conversations where they'll open up and say, I do it, but I'm really afraid doing it. Yeah, yeah. I think I'm really hoping that this podcast sort of makes it uh, safe for equestrians to start talking about some of these things uh, and, and also getting help for the things that, you know, they're struggling with. I'm hoping that we can sort of really normalize um, mental health and uh, fear and, you know, having, you know, personal problems in the barn and all of that. Uh, for the for the industry and the community. Well, personally, I know horses has saved my life uh, in so many ways. Out of the challenges of all my friends going to university, I felt really out of place and really depressed uh, for several times in my life. And horses has always been my steady eddy. And it's gotten me off the couch a lot of times to have to go take care of my horse when really all I wanted to do was just kind of bury under the covers. Yeah, exactly. I think that there's a lot of us that are like that. Uh, our horses get us out and keep us active. And, you know, those are some of the big things that help with mental health. Megan, have you ever been afraid? Well, okay, that's a, that's a million dollar question. So are, are you actually asking about fear or are you asking about anxiety or trauma? Because there are actually different things. So, but a lot of people think that they're afraid on a regular basis. Is that just anxiety? What's the differences? Yeah, well, so my experience in working with riders is that a lot of what we call riding fear is actually anxiety. And so I'll tell you a little bit about the difference. So anxiety is sort of when we worry about what might happen. So often it's, you know, sort of future oriented. What if I fall off? What if I make a fool of myself? What if I don't remember my course? What if my coach thinks I'm doing a bad job? You know, those kind of uh, thoughts. And so that's sort of what we think of as sort of anxiety or anxiety thoughts. Fear is an entirely different beast. Fear, there's a couple of different kinds of fear, and we're going to actually sort of dissect this in a, in a future episode. But often fear is um, out of our control. So it is something that our brain detects 
as a threat and our body and our brain automatically react. And that's often what happens when we realize we are about to come off our horse or we are about to, you know, get, I don't know, hit by a car or, you know, something like that where um, it's an automatic bodily and brain response. Does that make sense? So anxiety is something I could pep talk myself out of or someone could help me work through in a very simple manner. Fear is something that would take much more work to find an answer to. Um, not quite. So, I mean, anxiety is never simple. Um, and often people have lived with anxiety for decades uh, and tried to sort of manage it on their own unsuccessfully. Um, and anxiety, and again, we'll talk about this in, in future episodes, anxiety can have many different reasons. Um, so there's sort of biological reasons, there's psychological reasons, and there's sort of, um, you know, emotional um, reasons why someone might become anxious. But generally, when we're talking about anxiety, what we're talking about are thoughts about what could happen. Uh, and they're usually sort of negative or even catastrophic thoughts. Whereas fear is, uh, you can kind of think about it as just a, a bodily reaction to a threatening event. Um, we've gotten really off topic here. <laughs> we, we should go back and talk about, about the podcast a little bit. Um, so yeah, so we're really hoping that this podcast um, can follow us a bit of a sequence and we can sort of start laying the foundational uh, information so that when we get sort of further into the neuroscience concepts and the neuropsych concepts involved in mental health and resilience and trauma, uh, that listeners sort of can follow along and, and you know, there's sort of no obstacle to them, um, you know, understanding. I'm really looking forward to talking about the different topics of fear extinction learning and about good coach and rider communication, how witnessing vicarious trauma can affect coaches and bystanders, setting healthy boundaries in coach and rider relationships, and also why riders need to practice mindfulness. Yeah, I'm looking forward to talking about all those things too. I really hope that um, listeners get something out of this. I know we're going to have a lot of fun doing it. Next episode, we are going to explore what mental well-being and resilience are for both rider and horse. We take a deep dive into the factors that keep our brains happy and healthy. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Under Your Helmet. That's it for episode one. We hope you enjoyed your time with us and keep listening. Remember, take good care of what's under your helmet, everyone.